Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I am your host, Rebecca Whitman, helping you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. We have a very special guest today. His name is Ben Press, and he is my husband, my soulmate, and he has quite a list of accomplishments. He was an A-list Hollywood agent. He owned a management company called Fortitude, right? An uh, agency called Fortitude. An agency called Fortitude. Mm-hmm. And he has been a producer. And now he has this new business that is going great. And it is called what? Ben Press Consultants. <laughs> Celebrity Arbitrage? Talent Arbitrage. Talent Arbitrage. See, I'm paying attention. And it's when he combines his network of actors with startups and they can promote a product, good or service and use their celebrity to get the product known. Right. Two point. It's even more than that. It's oh. uh, more than promoting. Oh, it's promoting is like the, the very shallow end of it. That is, it basically it's giving celebrities the opportunity to have real skin in the game and ownership and partnership in a company um, with significant equity, the kind of equity the CEO would have. Um, and they participate in everything from fundraising to board meetings. And ultimately, when there's an acquisition, their equity turns into hopefully hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, that's great. We've seen this business model work for celebrities like Ashton Kutcher and George Clooney and Reynolds, The Rock. Uh, celebrities are investing in startups and getting equity and then having huge windfalls of cash. So uh, that is what he is doing, but we're not going to talk about business today. Uh, Everybody in my community wants to know, how did we meet? So I am going to let Ben tell the story. You guys have heard me tell it a million times. So, Ben, how did we meet for all the listeners out there? It was through my prism, huh? Yeah. My perspective, like sliding doors. Uh, That's right. So, um, I belong to a gym called Circuit Works that still exists, but back then it was in Santa Monica on Main Street, and you belonged. Uh, And I used to um, work out really early in the morning, so we never met because you're way too smart (laughs) to work out that early. And the owner of the gym said he was having a party for uh you know with the the members and he lives in venice and i thought i was single at the time i thought nah, could be a little cheesy but fun um so i was debating whether to go or not and on the very night of the party my one of my sons was at a party himself in pacific palisades needed a lift to get home at that point and so i knew i had a 
absolute hard out, hard stop where I had to leave if I attended the party uh, to go pick up my son. So I figured, ah, why not? Um, you know, what's the worst thing that happens? A house in Venice, a party, and, you know, some attractive in shape women. So I figured, I'll go. So I went and I walked in the backyard and uh, along with everybody that was there and some of the members I knew and some I didn't, I saw Rebecca. She was standing in the middle of the backyard having conversations and it was as if a light was above her head shining down. I mean, I just, my eyes went directly to her. So I walked over and uh, we started talking and she was with a friend of hers and, um, you know, a polite guy. So I talked to both of them. I didn't, you know, freeze at anybody. I thought it would be nice. We had a good conversation about whatever. It wasn't anything deep, but you did say, um, I have a book signing uh, and you explained the book and you said, it's a, it's going to be next week. Why don't you come? And I thought, done slam dunk i'm going to see her definitely in a week that was a given so i knew where it was the time the whole thing so i was like this is perfect and then i realized i had to go to go pick up my son in the palisades and uh i said i gotta head out and at that point her friend also said oh, i'm gonna leave too um so okay so we, we both so i assume they left to hook up they did not wow that's aggressive uh <laughs> it is la wow and then I walked, we walked out the front door. Her friend went to there. I went to my car and drove and picked up my son. And then fast forward a week later, um, I went to the book signing, which is at a bookstore uh, on Abikini in Venice. And I'm standing there and um, I bought the book and there was, I watched her speak, which she looked amazing and was so articulate. There's the book. And um, it was a great turnout of people. I mean, it was like standing room only. It was really impressive. Uh, it wasn't like I showed up and there were crickets. I mean, this was, this was quite an event. And um, it was time for her. She was signing books and I got in line and pulling the book and I walk up and she's at the desk where she signed. She looks up and she said, you showed up? I said, yeah, I did. And she said, uh, you want me to sign your book? I said, yeah, but at dinner, not here. And uh, you actually, a friend of hers who was taking the photographs has a picture of that exact moment, which yeah. is crazy, that exact moment. Um, and uh, so then I took Rebecca on a date. Um, and I walked in and you said that I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder, huh? Mm. My attitude was a little bit jaded. It wasn't so much a chip on your shoulder. You just a little <laughs> bit have been there, done that. kind of. <laughs> you know you didn't but it almost be like you went okay how how long is this gonna be and uh you sat down and it, it also by the way egged me on to really get into some connecting conversation uh and we did we talked and talked and talked and um when dinner was done and a whole lot what of was the question you asked where i really started to like open up and oh well there was down. there's something i haven't explained which is when i was at the book signing it's the first time I actually looked you up on social media. I never, I just, you know, figured I'm going to see you. Why would I try to virtually see you if I'm going to see you anyway? But I looked in um, Facebook and it turns out that you had attended Middlebury College Italian School. Even though you went to Princeton, you still did the Italian program. Mm -hmm. I went to Middlebury, but I also did the Italian program because I was an Italian minor. So, I mean, you were, you were four years after me, but it was amazing because that is so unique and such a specific lane. Mm -hmm. Very few people, uh, you know, outside a certain milieu know that. And so I figured that's ridiculous. That's like lightning striking. And so what a connect right there. So we talked all about Italy, living in Florence, the program, and then that built out into so much more. Um, and I am 
uh, and was then genuinely extremely interested in you. <laughs> uh, and I knew from the start, I really want to get to know you. What makes you tick? And so um, when dinner was done, we walked. I walked you back to your car. Were you expecting to get a kiss that night? No, I didn't. Okay. That wasn't my, my, what was on my mind was securing the next date. Right. That okay. You were interested enough to go the next date. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause the kiss, kiss will come if there's a next date. So, yeah. Um, so I walked to your car and I said, uh, are you available next week? Or what did I say? I said, you asked I- me to work out with you Sunday. And I said, I had a speaking engagement Sunday, mm-hmm. but I had an extra ticket to a play Thursday. Yes. We, our first date was on a Tuesday. That's right. So, and, and by the way, for those of you that are not in the know, um, theater in Los Angeles is really maligned. Um, there is some very good theater, but it's kind of few and far between, especially if you're a New Yorker like me. Um, theater in LA is, you know, but, uh, we happen to have, Rebecca happened to have chosen a gem. It was an, outstanding play which right there was mind-blowing but the fact that you sourced that and we saw this play it was incredible um which just added to the aura of the oh we had dinner um we also had dinner uh at this restaurant right nearby and basically closed the thing down just like we did the first day we just closed it down talked and talked and and, uh and the play was was fantastic which was a great sign by the way. And ladies, I had already asked a friend, a girlfriend to go to the play. And I said, I'm so sorry. I have, I really want to take this new guy that I just started dating to the play. So I tell my clients in the seven steps to manifest your soulmate program to let the girls, women know that you're friends with, that your priority right now is to manifest your soulmate. And that if they make a plan with you, you might have to cancel at the last minute. If it involves what I call a contender, a contender is someone who could be your soulmate. And Ben was a contender. So I actually was going to take our friend Alexis. Oh, sure. (laughs) And uh, she was gracious. and That would have been a different evening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So that was the second date. Then the third date. The third date was there was uh, the Arrow Theater, an excellent revival theater on Montana Avenue in Santa Monica, was playing a movie that I loved and saw when I was, um, you know, not too young a kid, but a kid. uh, Hair, I think came out in 1980, Mm -hmm. uh, 81. And a great musical, you know, based on the Broadway hit. And uh, I took you to see Hair, which you had not seen. I saw it. You saw it back then, yeah. I didn't recommend. I didn't remember it because I was like, and it was a great day. So young, yeah. It was a. It was a kind of a neo classic, uh, (laughs) new classic film, and it was really good. And that was a lot of fun. And um, again, another terrific night. I mean, we had great date after great date. And um, at some point, I apologize for not remembering exactly which, but it was like, okay, let's. We're this is. I'm. I'm wanting to see you like you and only you i'm not dating when did when did you decide in all those first dates that i was like gonna be the future mrs press or could be a serious i think i think (laughs) i think i mean you were you were in the ring easily (laughs) the book signing but uh i think um at the play uh, I was like, oh, this is, this makes sense. This really, this, this is easy. This like ease. There was such ease. Um, 
not easy, but I mean, ease. Uh, it just flowed. There was a flow. Yeah. And, um, uh, that was, I mean, I, I was not a crazy serial dater. So it wasn't like I was, oh, I got to put a stop to that. And I was like, knew that if I found the person I'm really interested in, that's where I'm going to devote my focus and my time and my energy and my emotions. And when you came into my orbit, I was like, that is exactly, this plays out exactly what I had hoped. Okay. So you didn't have to tell anyone, I can't see you anymore because you weren't dating anyone. Neither was I at the time. No. Okay. So some other questions. Um, I know after the play on our second date, you did try to kiss me. Yeah. Goodbye. And what did I do? You kind of, (laughs) you sort of not yet or kind of were coy about it, (laughs) which I totally respected. You know, that's fine. It's like, I, I, this, this was let's run the marathon together. I don't need the sprint. Sprints are over too fast. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's good. And what I really liked about his dating style, if you're a guy who's listening to this is at the end of every date, he would set up the next date because my attachment style, if you've studied attachment theory is anxious, attached, his attachment style is secure. And it made me feel very secure knowing when I was going to see him again. So I could be more secure too. And he has made me feel secure ever since. I have yep. not been anxious. Uh, Thank which is, you. Which yeah, I did not know that was your you know, operating system <laughs> at the time. But I just knew that because I really liked you and was really attracted to you and really cared to keep this going to the next level, I wanted to make sure we were on the schedule. That was, I mean, that, that gave a, I mean, why not have something amazing to look forward to? You know, it was just a natural. And did you think I was dating other guys or? I didn't care. You didn't care. <laughs> you were willing to compete. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. It I, wouldn't, by the way, had you been like dating, just that wouldn't have surprised me. Why yeah. would you not? Yeah, exactly. So that is why I teach my clients to socialize with, at least three guys. One is obsession, two is either or, three is diversification. The reason why I wasn't dating other guys is I was doing a 90-day dating detox. And I only got six weeks into it when I met Ben. I talked her. Yes. And he broke the detox. And people used to tell me, you know, love always happens when you're not looking for it. And I'd be like, how do you ever not look for love? It's what makes life beautiful. And because I was in this dating detox, I actually got out of my own way and I magnetized you, my love. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the dating thing. So I made you wait uh, before Mm -hmm. we were intimate Mm -hmm. and uh, you said that was the longest you've ever waited. Yeah. But again, you know, (laughs) uh, it it was inevitable that, I mean, we, we weren't eunuchs, you know, <laughs> it was going to end up in that, not. in that zone. So it was just about patience. I have, a, I mean, people don't know me, but my superpower is patience. Uh, I have immense patience. Um, so I can maneuver and not have things eat me up along the way in my own head. Uh, I can stay really focused and, uh, and uh, stay the course. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I I didn't have a stopwatch on it, but I guess, you know, yeah, it took 
a little while, but I respected that. I thought that was actually really honorable and really cool. Um, you know, cause any guy who's worth his salt is going to be a little like, Oh wow, that happened mm. a little fast, you know, and <laughs> let's not be too egotistical. It's happening fast with me. It's happening fast with others. So, you know, it's like, I actually really took that as a great sign. Thank you. Because men fall in love with virtue and yeah, they think if she does that on the first or second date with everyone with me, she's doing it with everyone else. So let's talk about when you when you asked me what would it take to take our relationship to the next level. Yeah. What, do you remember what I said? Yeah, you said, uh, "Well, we'll do an STD <laughs> test." That yeah. was pre-COVID. I would have required a COVID test too. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> this was 2018, uh, and I was like, "Is there a drive-through near here?" <laughs> so it was. I got nothing to hide. I don't give a crap. So, uh, I mean, I give a crap. Like I thought that was cool. I, I liked that, but it was like, let's, let's pull, let's rip the bandaid right off this and go for it. So, uh, ultimately there was no drive through. Um, but, with, uh, got that done and, uh, like came home like a kid who got an A on an exam. I was waving around like, okay, look what I got. And I also asked that we could be, exclusive before we were oh, of course intimate and you just said that's a given but yeah. you know a lot for a lot of men it's not so it's important to ladies if you're listening to negotiate that so you're on the same page because a lot of women think if i am in bed with someone they're my boyfriend but that's not necessarily the case yeah you don't want to get into a crowded bed <laughs> That is true <laughs> and then let's talk about the proposal and how you knew you were going to propose and how you proposed. I think they'll find that very interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned something uh, that wall was pre COVID. So during COVID in the throes of major COVID era, 2020 um, when everything was shut down and it was really, you know, full mask wearing full, uh, uh, what do you call it? You know, uh, when people social, distancing. social distancing. Um, <laughs> I wanted to figure out a way to propose because I knew this was, it was time. Uh, I wanted to propose in a way that was memorable, historic for us, but really memorable and special, um, which by the way, makes it harder when everything's closed. Uh, so I arranged for a very special afternoon. Um, I got, I arranged for us to have couples massage, mm -hmm. which by the way, again, not easy to find a place that does that during COVID. I did. Um, so that took a lot of research, well worth it. Then I wanted to find a venue that was, you know, as a former agent and producer, and, you know, you're constantly laying the groundwork for your clients. I get to do this now for myself and make the perfect staging, if you will. Um, uh, and so I knew that the shutters on the beach hotel in Santa Monica is a place I had a wonderful history with having gone there for years and just really enjoyed, love where it is on the, on the water. Uh, I went, the place was basically shut down. Nobody was staying there. It was COVID, you know, they're closed. And I knocked on the door and it turns out the manager, this was a meant to be, came to the door and said, can I help you? And I said, yeah, I need to talk to somebody. And I'm the manager. I said, I'm going to be proposing to my fiance, soon to be fiance, uh, this evening. And no, I'm sorry. My, my bad. I did this before that day. It was, I'm going to be proposing in a couple days, uh, in the evening. I timed, I checked on Google when sunset was. So the 
sun would hit the horizon exactly when I got on my knees. And um, I asked the manager, could I use that balcony where I've sat out on for years to propose? He goes, oh, yes, absolutely. Just show up here. I gave him the time because it was a 545 sunset. I said, I'll be arriving at five o'clock exactly. He said, I'll have the door unlocked. for So uh, we did the couple's massage. She didn't know what was up. Maybe had an, an inkling. Uh, <laughs> makes sense. Uh because I think it was kind of obvious it was heading in this direction. Yeah, I, I, I knew. Yeah. And um, we then were done. I didn't tell her where we're going. We're driving along Ocean Avenue. I can see the sun starting to go down. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, let's get there. I pull up. Not The guy opens the door. And he couldn't have been nicer. And uh, Rebecca was like, I think you were kind of like, what the heck? <laughs> and he was fantastic. He even said to me, he said, uh, do you do you want me to take pictures? And I was like, yes, because I, I that's the one thing I forgot. So I gave my phone and I walked Rebecca out on the balcony. The sun was just hitting. And uh, I had gotten the ring, by the way, had that all prepared, and a beautiful ring. Uh, you're wearing it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. That. Absolutely um, beautiful. And... Uh, I got him one knee and I said a little something and, and, uh, proposed. Well, what did you say? That's part of the story. <laughs> I just, I couldn't live my life without you. And you were now an indelible part of my existence and, you know, things like that. And, uh, and it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, uh, I was so excited and, uh, he took pictures of it, which is great because he got the perspective that I never could have, obviously. So I was thrilled about that and it just worked out phenomenally and you said most importantly she said yes i said yes so you said the relationship in the beginning had a flow to it it was easy there was no drama so was the engagement the same way was oh totally totally and it's still this way in the marriage right absolutely so what do you think because a lot of people out there were like i was which was a drama addict i thought that the push, the pull, the fighting, the making up was love. What would you tell them as our secret to having this beautiful harmony in our relationship? Uh, a couple things. I haven't like thought this out, but this is just sort of stream of conscious, knowing us uh, as well as I do. One, the classic phrase, don't sweat the small stuff. Do not, you know, this is life. Shit happens, but don't, don't, sweat the the little things because they're little keep your eye on the prize stay focused on the enjoyment on the love and yeah i mean not to be pollyanna there is life stuff that happens um physical emotional financial this and that of course you can't turn a blind eye but do not let it actually um color the the and and, and change the tone of a marriage you got to keep that in perspective and keep that in its place um and um i would say uh there's so much i mean we have so much enjoyment that that is the fuel that lights up everything is our joy of course our love you know joy and love sort of all you know an amalgam of that i guess the two are kind of the same um and i think keeping that alive means actually living your life and not putting it elsewhere while you're doing day-to-day stuff like at week travel we we love to travel together love to travel we have an incredible dog that we spend time with we we love being with each other i mean that's the other thing is 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 i think the problem stems from some people just don't like each other that much yeah they're married 
they love each other, but they don't like each other. Yeah, yeah. It, that that's bizarre to me. But um, I, uh, I we love each other and we like each other, um, and uh, we have common goals. We're very goal oriented, mm. so we know the, what the other side of the mountain can look like for us. So we strive for it, and um, that is, I think, we are one in we are in a total union in vision and goal. Uh, what's the word? I hate goal oriented. That sounds so like retreaty. Um, vision oriented, um, and understanding of how we want our life to be. And it's, we have a great life now, but it's not what we want down the road. Um, and so we are willing to do what it takes to get there together. No one's going to get there first to get there together. Um, and, uh, support each other along the way. What do you think was the biggest challenge so far? We're just coming up on two years of marriage, but was it health? Was it finances? Was it losing our soulmate dog? That like was what is that what was, do you think's been the scariest thing that we've gone through? I don't think we've gone through anything scary. What about when I almost died of gallbladder emergency gallbladder surgery? That was a scary night. <laughs> that was scary. That was scary. I have to say though. I, I always knew you'd make it to the other side. Oh, that's good. I didn't. No, yeah, I, I did. I mean, it was serious and awful, but I never felt it was existential. Well, that's in a good, good way. That's oh, good. oh, oh, look who's oh. She said, "I want to be a part of this family oh, interview." Oh my god, this is great. This is maybe Indigo. She's seven months. She wants to be a part of the interview. Here, when you want to put her on your okay, she's here. Um, so what, what do you say, uh, was so, so there were, there've been, in, that was, that was, yes. I mean, technically are you going to put her up? Yeah. You sure? Okay. Yeah. That was technically, yeah, that was, that was scary. I mean, there was, there's, that was health. Mm -hmm. Um, losing Atticus was sad. That was very sad. Very That's sad. That's the predecessor mm -hmm. to Indigo. Um, but all these things are life. Like, yeah, this is what life is. Um, I actually think you, you need to embrace the messy and the sad, mm -hmm. um, because anyone who has a view that it's all, you know, roses is setting themselves up for the fall, you know? So, oh my God, that is so crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if I answered that. You didn't really say what has been the biggest challenge. Oh, the, the biggest head. challenge. Finances have been tough because of COVID. Mm -hmm. and strikes and things launching new businesses absolutely being an entrepreneur um but that's also part of it like none of it was like oh, i'm so surprised this was hard no of course not come here. Come here. whoops what about uh respect do you feel like i'm i respect your thoughts and opinions she's, she's getting so too big to pick up uh, there we go do you feel respected oh yeah always always have been that so Ladies, if you're listening to this, you want to respect your man's thoughts and opinions, and your feelings should be cherished. So I definitely feel like my feelings are cherished. So cute that Indigo is a part of this. Um, what What would you say was the highlight of the marriage so far? Was it our wedding on the beach in Malibu? Was it our trip to Europe? Like what is, what has been the absolute had so many highlights highlight. <laughs> We've had so many highlights. The marriage, the, the wedding was incredible. Yeah. The, um, rehearsal dinner was incredible too. Mm -hmm. Our trips to 
oh my God, whether it's Fiji or Portugal or Spain, upcoming to Dublin, uh, New York and Cincinnati family, there's just, I, I find it very hard to distill it into a highlight. I think we live, look, maybe this is lucky um, and, and special to our relationship, although I doubt it. I don't think we're special uh, or different. I just think um, we kind of live in a highlight-oriented manner. We create highlights for ourselves. And that's part of the secret, I think, is you got to, you know, keep the highlights coming. We often say that we feel like even though we've been married just under two years that we've been married much longer. And it's because we both have such a joie de vivre that we live so much life in a week and a month and a year. We try to get as many activities and experiences into every day. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree with that. We're also, we have a hell of a lot of energy. So, I mean, you know, we work out constantly uh out of enjoyment by the way not because it's like a have to although it's great we do but um we enjoy it we keep you know we eat healthy with some definite fun exceptions absolutely um i think we set ourselves up to constantly be you know what's that phrase about luck you know have preparation and something luck is what happens luck is what happens when opportunity meets preparation yeah i think we have the same kind of situation as far as uh uh, marriage, good marriage is concerned, is we keep the ground fertile for great situations to constantly happen for us in the marriage, the flow of the marriage. And your parents have been married a long time. Yeah, mom and dad have been married for 62 years. So what have you learned from observing their long-term marriage? A great question. Um, their marriage is unbelievable. They are still very in love with each other. They also have a basis of their relationship in humor, which is huge. I love that. Uh, as much as love. I mean, humor is love. I think if you can joke and and be, you know, uh, have fun with each other, that is all a foundation of love. Um, they respect each other. They give each other space. They know each other. They really know each other, which means, um, you know, they know each other's strengths and faults and they play towards the strengths, always play to the strengths. You know, any anyone who spends time playing to faults and you're looking for what divides you. And that's obviously a recipe for the disaster. And how how do you plan to keep the spark going that we have right now after just two years of marriage? You know, it's really interesting. I don't plan to keep it going. It is there and it just needs to be constantly tended to. But I don't plan to keep it going. It's it's constantly burning. And yeah, we you know, throwing coal on it is very good to do. But... <laughs> It's it just exists. Yeah, That's who we are. I'm just we're connected. We are soulmates. So, what would you? Can I just you know? It's like saying, how does the body know to breathe? It's hardwired into your into your brain. Uh, you don't think I'm going to take a breath in. I'm going to take a breath out. Your brain knows already. Mm -hmm. I think that's the same with our relationship. The fire burns because it's hardwired into who we are in our relationship. But, you know, it's it's what we do with it that's up to us. Yeah. What are some of the habits and rituals that hold our marriage together and make it fun? Um, in no particular order, you know, working out together, mm -hmm. uh, eating together, dinners. like Me cooking. Oh, yeah. I you, cook, you, you're I amazing. Cook dinner. You're amazing. Yeah. Incredible. You know, as tasty as it is healthy. Um, really good stuff. And we... 
um, enjoy socializing. Mm-hmm. Um, Travel. Oh, that, yeah, I kind of put that. What's FFF? Tell them what F- Fun Food Friday. <laughs> so that's when we just go off the reservation and have whatever the hell we want on Fridays. Why not? And it's good. And sometimes we forget, which is crazy. <laughs> that's nuts. Um, but uh, that's a fun element. And sometimes it would be like the middle of the end of the day. We're like, oh, we forgot. It's Fun Food Friday. Let's get that cheesecake or whatever it is. Um, so that's cool. What would you tell anybody out there who is in midlife and who is just about to give up on love? Oh my God. Like, that's like, I'm going to stop breathing now. I mean, how do you give up on love? I mean, I, I, I would just say there is no giving up. There is just, it's not even an option. You can't negotiate with yourself. Screw that. You just have to know that it's out there and, um, it's going to happen. Um, and you just have to trust and, uh, anything less than that is cheating yourself and, um, not writing the memoir that you deserve. How long were you single after you got divorced before we met? Oh, well, Seven or eight I got divorced and then I dated, um, I, I dated, I'm kind of a, I, I never dated loads of people. I would date one person for a little while, then another person for a little while. Then, um, But I was single before meeting you for, oh, uh, we met in June. I'd say easily five months, six months. That's <laughs> not that long. I uh, I was single. Maybe a little longer. Yeah, I mean the whole not By the way, dating it's people. All I don't mean I mean not married, like between when your divorce ended and when we got oh, married. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh gosh, um, that was probably eight years. Okay, so eight years of dating and relationships that didn't work out yeah. to meet his future spouse. Yeah. And I, uh, before I met my first husband, I was single for a really long time. I didn't get married until I was 41. Then I have my second marriage to my soulmate when I was 50. So it definitely took me a long time too to figure it out. And that's why I love teaching women. I took so many classes and went to seminars and read all the books and hired dating coaches and I basically reverse engineered exactly how I got from jaded, cynical, and divorced to happily married to my soulmate. And now I teach women to do the same thing. And I've helped many women find their soulmate. And if you're interested in learning how to do that, definitely schedule a breakthrough call, which is in my link tree in the show notes. I'm also having a really fun vision board challenge on December 18th, where you can pick an image for all seven pillars of abundance and you can manifest what you want, including your soulmate next year in 2024, because 2024 is going to be your best year ever. Thank you for watching another episode of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant podcast. Thank you, Ben Press, for being on it. Thank you. I feel (laughs) so balanced and abundant (laughs) and beautiful. And until we see you again next week, keep your vibe high and magnetize. Thank you so much for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. Do you have your goal set for 2024? Do you know that 
creating a vision board is something that I've been doing for decades and I know exactly how to do it so you can manifest the life of your dreams. I am hosting a free vision board challenge starting December 18th and ending on Christmas Eve. So by the time Christmas week hits, your vision board will be complete and you will have clarity and so much focus and excitement for what you are going to magnetize in the new year. I will be helping you create a vision in all seven key areas of life so you can have a full picture of your balanced, beautiful, and abundant life in 2024. And guess what? The best part, this vision board challenge is completely free. All you have to do is click this link and you will be taken to a Facebook page and part of my amazing, balanced, beautiful, and abundant community where I will go live every day for just a few minutes and give you your assignment for your vision board. I cannot wait to see you in this challenge, and I'm so excited for what you're going to create in 2024. Thanks again for listening to another show, and see you in the challenge.